Hey there. This is Holly. And Daniel. And you're listening to Halfway Saints. Mm-hmm. We're back. We are. We made it through another week. No trips to the emergency room. Thank goodness. I was mortified. Terrified. <laughs> oh, whoa. Dial it back a bit, Holly. <laughs> well, mortified is more like after something happens, but I was terrified. Of... Um, I don't think so. Mortification doesn't mortify okay. me like you're scared stiff. Isn't that what? Yeah, that doesn't Honestly, accurately no, portray what I would. Because more is death. Scared to death. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. I was terrified all week that like some other random incident was going to happen and we were going to have to send Jack to the ER twice in one week. Yeah. Or that he would bang it again and open up the oh. stitches, but yeah, thankfully he didn't. But he was fine. He did. He did right great for the most part. The hardest part was keeping the band aid on him, and by and, ha- like halfway through the week, he started yeah. being t- completely fine. Once with we it. switched to the like better band aids, it worked better. With the stickier ones, which I wouldn't have thought would be better. You wouldn't have thought the stickier band aids would stay on better. No, I thought he would be okay with them better because they're stickier, so they hurt more when they pu- you peel them oh, off. Yeah. But he's a champ. He, he just is. did so great. Um, so thank you, everyone, for praying for us mm-hmm. and he's, for Jack. He's fine. The next day, he was back to his normal crazy self. Completely fine. So mm-hmm. some need to. They're like the dissolving stitches, and they kind of look like they're still in there. So we need to. Yeah. Ask the doctor if they need to get taken out. But anywho, he's doing great. Yes. We're all doing great. Everyone's fine. <laughs> no, no reason to worry. <laughs> He slept for like eight hours today. Yeah. No. That's not a really. Little, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. It was a lot of bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> but it did take a very big afternoon nap. Whenever we like make plans, like, all right, we'll go there after Jack wakes up, he sleeps for like three hours. Or we're just, you're like today, we just were excited to hang out yeah. all as a family. And then he just slept through just it slept all. through it. <laughs> we had no time for fun. I know. But, um, Yeah. <laughs> The other night, I... Sorry, I'm yawning. I'm I'm going to make it through the podcast, but... You better. I'm, I'm good. Wake up. Look alive. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Holly tried to, like, slap me being funny, but it's not funny. Don't do it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Serious. Um, well, anyway. Uh, the other night, Daniel... Well, we were going to bed, and we had turned off the lights, said goodnight. <laughs> <laughs> it's too funny. Hopefully, I'll be able to tell the story. Uh, <laughs> it's completely silent, and I just hear, or what, it was like, there were small, pops, small popping noises, popping sounds, <laughs> I, was, I let it go for a little while, because I was like, maybe it'll go away, and I was like, what is that noise, and I was like, the neighbors, do we have, I thought at first we had water dripping, and I was like, I really don't feel like walking all the way to the bathroom to stop it, and I said, Daniel, <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear popping sound? <laughs> he was like, what did you say? I think I said, oh, that's me. <laughs> Daniel was just testing out noises in his mouth. Well, no, because right, I was making like little popping sounds in my <laughs> lip. Just It happened like once right when I was going to sleep. And I was like, what makes the noise? Is there like spit on my lips? Am I making like a small bubble? Or is it just the air going through? So I kept testing it out, not realizing that it was so loud. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a thing that Jack would do to be like, oh, my body does this. Mm, let me do that some more. I think it was the air. I think that's what. I don't think it was spit popping. I think it was just the air going through my lips. 
I'll do some more tests tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Have this some conclusive evidence. <laughs> this isn't the first thing that did that. <laughs> I was testing if I could hear it. <laughs> when did you? <laughs> All right, that I wasn't totally. Yes, you were. No, he was um, strumming his fingers along his forehead, and uh, he said, "Hey, can you hear?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I was doing it like softly, not thinking that. I don't know. You. Lab. I'm just curious. Oh I'm curious about the world around me, and I want to know it better. I want to know God's creation better. And oh, you're And you're making fun of me for that. I'm not. You're so, de- <laughs> so defenseless. Or defensive. <laughs> Am I defenseless or defensive? Both. You said defensive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that. You've been laughing for like 40%. Of the podcast, I know. I hope they can understand anything I've said. <laughs> I hope so too. I don't know. I've been really giggly a lot. Oh, she has. Really. We had to. We were watching a show earlier, and we had to pause it because Holly got the giggles. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not my fault. It's Daniel's. He's so funny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, are you thinking about it again? Yeah. Just you can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I, oh, she's gone on like in the past couple of weeks, like two, probably like five minute plus oh giggling gosh. fits. <laughs> it's the hormones. It's the pregnancy hormones. At least they're making me happy. <laughs> <laughs> I think you made all that up. No. There's no funny hormones. Hormones are all just bad and make you irritated. No, it's not true. In my experience, that's all they do. No. I'm just kidding. Thanks. You're great. <laughs> You're never irritable. <laughs> But I think it, it goes both ways. It makes it makes you just feel emotions more. Okay. I don't know if that's you don't true. Know. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it's coincidence that I've had such giggle giggle fits lately. Maybe. I was trying to say giggle fits earlier and I said giggle butts. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, okay. okay. That's enough giggling. <laughs> that's enough. Um but I, so Daniel and I are part of a young adult group, and every week we do an hour of adoration before the Eucharist. And this week, um, it was a really good week. We did it in like a, a little bit of a smaller chapel than normal instead of in like our big church. And so I got to be like really close, like right up front with the, I was in the front row, and the altar with the Eucharist exposed was... I don't know, 10 feet from me, so. Um, And so the whole time I was really, like, focused in on on the altar and the monstrance, and it reminded me um, of this really cool point that Christopher West made during the breakout session that I went to during the um, World Media Families. And he said, or he was, like, pointing out the fact that the altar at Mass is the marriage bed between Christ and the church, which I loved. And if you don't know who Christopher West is, mm-hmm. he writes a lot on the theology of the body. I think he's a he's uh, like a fellow at the Theology of the mm-hmm. Body Institute. So he writes a lot about um, like theology of the body and human sexuality and how that relates to spirituality. Mm-hmm. He also has the Core Project, which is like his own blog. Mm-hmm. And program, yeah, I think he does yeah. like 
video He's at uh, Duke University this this week or oh. sometime soon. Cool. So if you're in the Raleigh area, yeah, look him up. If you're in the Raleigh area, go to Durham, <laughs> <laughs> then go to Duke. It's all like Raleigh Durham. It's yeah. It's all close there. Whatever. <laughs> they share an airport. It's close enough. Pretty much. Um. But yeah, I mean, you guys know that I, I just love talking about marriage and men and women and like what that means and like all of that so then to hear that the altar is the marriage bed of christ in the church just is like a really great image for me to grasp onto and to like understand the sacrifice of the altar and that like my reflections on it were that jesus is uh giving his all for the church for us he's like literally laying himself down Mm -hmm. and in this way that's completely humble that he's just laying himself naked, exposed, and completely vulnerable for us to delight in, which is just really awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just waiting for you to be like, yeah, that is really is. awesome. I know, but you, I, yeah, that is, it is awesome. Thanks. That is awesome. Thanks. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what I was looking for. Um, I didn't want to cut you off. I thought you were saying more. So I didn't. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. okay. It's okay. Um. And so, like, just thinking about that and that Christ is giving himself to us in the Eucharist and in all that I've learned in the past four years of being Catholic of what the Eucharist is. And, like, just it's not a new sacrifice. It is the same sacrifice of the cross that we are partaking in. Mm -hmm. It's a return to the moment of sacrifice. Exactly. Um, And that he just continually gives that to us freely and abundantly and in the most humble way possible. Mm-hmm. And it's also like a very common way possible. Like it's... It's so it's, common. It's yeah, bread. It's bread and wine. So it's this... One of like... One of the paradoxes of the church is... You know, Christianity is kind of built upon paradoxes. Is that we have this simple common substance that becomes the most sacred thing in the universe. You know, it becomes the body of Christ. Yeah. Which today I was reflecting on it again during Mass. And I was up at the altar about to receive, and I was like, this is the crux of our faith. And I have, one, I have two questions. Mm-hmm. One, is, did I use that phrase correctly? Yes, like a center point. Yes. Yeah. And does that word come from crucifix? Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Well, because a cross, cruce, crux has oh, a center point. Oh, it's like a center. So the crux is where they meet. Is it from like a Christian beginning? No, there's the crosses crux. before Jesus. Oh, man. I was hoping I, like, found a... <laughs> no one has thought of that before you. No, I was hoping I, like, rediscovered some Catholicism and something. Oh. Just, like, the same, like, with the fingers crossed. I just learned this, that, like, uh, fingers crossed and, like, that luck, like, mm-hmm. I got my fingers crossed that this work goes out or works out well. Um, it's like a mini cross, crossing yourself. Yeah. So it's a Catholic thing. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Says it's like you. that. I thought, I thought that was, like, a crux thing. Yeah. Anyway, no. going back to Christ and the altar being the mar- marital bed. Well, before you go into that, I forget who it was, if it was the Lanky guys or Scott Hahn, but they talked about how it may have actually been a theology of the body thing that you went to. Oh, but, and I shared with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that what happens on the cross is the consummation of the new covenant that's established on Holy Thursday. That like that's where it's yes. consum- that's yes. where the covenant is consummated. So that 
if you think about that and how the the celebration of the Eucharist is a representation of the sacrifice of the cross. Yeah. Then it makes sense that that is also the altar is the marriage bed because that's the consummation of what of the covenant Jesus established with man. Yeah. And Christopher West even mentioned that and said this is like a kind of a different a tangent that he went or like took that we're not really going to focus on but that uh Christ made this new covenant and like used Mary as the bri- as the bride and him the bridegroom so like flipping her from mother to bride as the new Eve and mm-hmm. him the new Adam um that it was this new co- like or like new like marriage between Mary and Christ and like mm-hmm. that kind of covenant so then it, it's cool to think about that with consummation mm-hmm. at the altar but then he was saying that the the fruit of that because there's always a fruit in marriage, was John the Apostle. And so it's like the oh yeah the you evangelization a, so after. At the cross, you have Jesus, the new Adam, Mary, the new Eve, and John the Baptist, the fruit of this new um, new humanity, like the new man coming yeah. forth. Yeah. Christopher West. And, and we were talking last week uh, about how St. John the Apostle is the one who lays his head on yeah. Christ's chest and recognizes him as a father. father. Yeah, look what's at that. What's up, what's up? <laughs> and then Mary, as obviously as our mother. mother. Yeah, yeah, and in the Gospel of John. Behold your yeah. mother. Mm-hmm. There you go. I mean, that kind of stuff blows my mind. I know. It's really cool when it um, makes sense and connects. Yeah. There was a theology teacher I had who, whenever that happens, he would be like, Oh, it makes you think that this stuff is like divinely inspired or something. <laughs> nice. But um, so as I was like reflecting on that, I just started to look on like what is Christ telling me through revealing this to me and reflecting on this, how how does how does this apply to me? And you know, you're like going and you don't really realize that you're going going in a certain direction, but you're like once you realize you're in the wrong direction, you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. Did mm-hmm. that make any sense? You, you Like, you don't realize you're off path until you see that, you know, yeah. you're not there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, if your head's down and walking, you don't realize you're off the path until you pick your head up. Yes. I can, I can have more metaphors if you want. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Daniel's really good at me- metaphors. <laughs> it's like one of your gifts. One. One of the few. Hey, you have a lot of gifts. Thank you. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> <laughs> um... No, what was I saying before you said all that? Oh, uh, when you're when you're in it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he revealed to me, like through this, he gives himself to us, and in our response to that, we have to open ourselves to him to give himself to us as fully as possible. Um, something I was just thinking about when you were talking about him giving himself, it that happens in the Eucharist. But if you look at the entire life of Christ, it's all self-giving. Even the the incarnation. God gives himself to us by coming to earth right. and taking on flesh. And in like in, this most humble way possible. And in the passion, he literally gives himself over for us. His human body and life, he gives us that. He empties himself that. And Completely. Then, and then the Eucharist, he continues to give himself, you know, through the Eucharist to us. Right. Under the um, appearance of bread and wine. So it's just like everything about Jesus' life is giving total self-gift throughout mm-hmm. it's mind-boggling like we use the term abundant gift like or abundant giving and abundance in 
grace and Stefan describing Christ, and that's like it just like barely even. I know it's like human language fails to show like if we had a word that says the most possible, like the fullest, like none of our words work to right. show how like super abundant the gift that Christ gives us is. Right, but the whole like living for Christ is mostly like just opening ourselves and ridding ourselves of our selfishness and all of the walls and all of the things that we put in our our way to let him in Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a reciprocal self-gift yes so christ gives himself fully and completely and in every way to us and our response is to open ourselves up in total self-giving to christ and to his will right and so we're just constantly having to open ourselves and become like he has made himself in the most vulnerable state possible i mean to the point that he was murdered and killed in front of people. Mm-hmm. I was going to say thousands of people, but I have, <laughs> I have no idea how many people were there. Um, but it was a completely vulnerable thing for him to do. Mm-hmm. And so we have to make ourselves vulnerable and open ourselves to him to give to us. Where what I had been doing was I was focusing so much on like this, which is not wrong, but it just is like the shift in perspective that my whole life with Christ was based, like, it was just this personal relationship with Christ. So I have to get to know him better. I have to read him more. I have to pray more. I have to do, I have to do all of these things more to become closer to him. Mm-hmm. Where it was more of me needing to open myself up. Does that make sense? Like, it was less yeah, of... I think it's worth, I think we should clarify that you're not saying you don't need a personal relationship, but... Fostering that relationship does not just mean you doing something. Exactly. Like you doing more. Right. It's not the, is not the only way to, and it's not the first and foremost way to improve your relationship with Jesus. Exactly. Thank you for clarifying that. Because, I mean, it's taken me a little bit to like sift through what this means. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for me, like, I just was focusing so much on doing things to get me closer to God where I don't really have to. In the first, in where I am at least, I don't have to do anything because he's already given himself to me. I have to just open myself to him Mm -hmm. to give himself to me. Yeah, and the process of opening yourself up, there are certain things you can do that will open yourself up more to God. Yes. Yeah. They're They're like disciplines and practices. Right, but, so, yeah, what you're saying is it's more of a a perspective change. Right. Like, I don't need to... I don't need to try to push myself closer to God. I need to open up and let him come closer to me. Exactly. Yes. Because what I've been doing for so long, like my entire life, what? I, I don't know why. I thought you were going to say millennia. <laughs> <laughs> what have I been doing I was just thinking like millennia. a long time. <laughs> this whole time has been like, I need to, I need to read the Bible more, which like, of course, reading the Bible is a great thing to do. Like mm-hmm. just to further your point, but the perspective is just wrong. Like, I need to open myself to hearing God speak to me through the, his word mm-hmm. versus me just reading to get to, like, it was just like me reading to get to know him. I don't know how to really express myself. I think, but. I mean, I think you said it pretty clearly that it's, it's an, a self opening and a self emptying to allow God to come to you and to fill you up. Right. And yeah. not, you know, we can get kind of caught thinking, um, what, what more can I do to get closer to God? Whereas in reality, what is best for our relationship with God is to 
to be present and to be open. Mm-hmm. And you, um, you see that th- all throughout scripture. Mm-hmm. Who is, is it Ezekiel in the, in the, um, he keeps listening for God's voice and it's not in the wind. It's not in the, Oh, I think so. I don't know. It's him or Elijah. One of the like bigger prophets. Like, Starts with the E though. Yeah. Sure. It's one of those E prophets. <laughs> um, but God's voice isn't in the wind and the storms and the sea. It's in like a still silent voice or still quiet voice. Mm-hmm. That's when God is calling to you. Right. So sometimes we can kind of close, close off or make ourselves less receptive by doing what we think God wants us to do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Where like we can't we can't know what God wants us to do. We have to we have to open ourselves to listen to Him. We mm-hmm. have to open ourselves enough that we can hear Him. Mm-hmm. Boom! That's what it is. Okay, <laughs> I thought that's just what I just said, but well, we, we that's not like listening for Him. It's not this mm-hmm. active thing for me to listen to Him. It's just getting rid of all of the other noise for me right. to be able to hear him. Mm-hmm. That's like a good illustration of the perspective. Right. See, I'm not as good as the, <laughs> the metaphors, but when I think of good ones, you got to write that's them down. A good one. I mean, that, yeah. I thought so. It wasn't really a metaphor, but. Oh my it's, gosh, really? Cause, well, no, because spiritual noise is a thing. So is. you need to learn okay. to silence the noise. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally, I get it. <laughs> but, yeah. So we just have to be able to hear him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's like hard, but it's it hard. is. There's a lot of noise and distractions and, and to like sift through what is noise and what is really him. Right. And I think that kind of ties back to, um, to imitating Christ's self gift and letting go of what's sort of keeping you from opening yourself up. Mm-hmm. And we're not saying you need to let go of yourself because I think that's something, um, that Christianity teaches that other religions don't like you're not trying to destroy yourself or like your you know individualism is terrible you need to just get rid of yourself so you can be totally for others um christianity teaches that god wants us to be our best selves and we retain our individuality we we don't get rid of the 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 ego we it's get better to say uh, truest self instead of best self because oh. it's okay but that would be your inten- best self. It is, but he intends for it's what we were already made to be. Right. So that's, yeah, we're trying to get to our truest self, not getting rid of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I just think that's an important distinction to yeah. make. Because in a lot of like Eastern philosophy, it's like, and Buddhism, like, oh, just get rid of yourself. Right. Whereas it's get rid of the things keeping you from becoming your true self. But because, yes, not but, but the... um. God made us, like, completely individual, unrepeatable, completely unique people. Mm-hmm. And he's going to use, we have we have different gifts than, than you and I have different gifts. And mm-hmm. he's going to use us in different ways. And so if we were completely to get rid of ourselves, we would get rid of the our uniqueness. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of speaking to the dignity of the person that we are all really worth being ourselves but mm-hmm. our truest self you try to say shelf no we're no. not talking about shelves Holly. <laughs> self self, it's self, self. It's self yeah but our truest self which is the one that is united with god mm-hmm. and i think um like christ shows us how to not how but what it looks like when one's will is united fully with god's will and 
earlier this week, I forget why I was thinking of it, but I was thinking of, I think you may have asked me about it, but we were talking about the, um, the agony in the garden. Oh, I remember what it was. Never mind. Not important. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Um, but how you always thought it was kind of odd that Jesus says, um, I forget what it is exactly, but if this cup, if this cup can pass from me, um, but not my will, your will be done. Mm-hmm. And it's just like an odd phrasing because Jesus is saying basically, if this can be done any other way, let's do that, but your will be done. But it's all like, like smushed into one sentence. Well, like my issue with it was that it sounds like Jesus is like, oh God, I really don't want to do this, but if you need it to be done, then, I, then fine, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Where we always speak about God or Jesus being like completely giving and saying like, yes, and uh taking it on like completely mm-hmm. okay but then i'm like but wait he did struggle for a second yeah but the way that you responded was kind of calmed my well yeah i always think it's interesting that it's kind of all smushed into one sentence and i wonder if that's um the the only the like best way literarily for us to understand that those two things take place simultaneously like jesus is saying um if this could be done another way that would be pre- not preferable. Like, if it could be done another way, I would like it that way, but the Father's will be done. And it's, mm-hmm. like, simultaneous because his will is united with his Father's. So it's just, like, before the thought is even formed, he's already conformed to the Father's will. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And he's also agreeing with the Father's will that, like, this right. is the only way for this to be done. And it's not so much of this negative connotation, like, if it if it were a different way, it would be preferable. Like you kind right. of, you corrected yourself from mm-hmm. saying that. Uh, it's more like this is the only way, right? And people like others will suffer as well, mm-hmm. which he is feeling the compassion for that as yeah. well. Yeah, it's almost like he's saying this this will be difficult, but your will be done. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of again. I don't know what it literally says right. in the original language, but the fact that those two phrases are kind of like lumped together. And there's no, in Greek, there's no punctuation. So, like, all the periods and colons and semicolons, those are all up to interpretation. So this sentence basically was, like, one big run-on sentence. Like, Lord, if this cup can pass from me, but not my will, your will be done. So I always think that they're kind of taking place simultaneously. Which I think is, whether or not it's, like, accurate Mm -hmm. grammatically or whatever, I think it's a very good way to look at it, knowing the personhood and divinity of christ mm-hmm. because it's showing both of his natures right at the same time which is who christ is mm-hmm. he is yeah. both man and god at the same time so yeah it makes sense but yeah that just shows you that total self-gift that even my own will i'm going to give up to the father mm-hmm. and that's what we're called to do yeah it's so easy just oh it's align so your will easy with no problem <laughs> but i this like self-gift that daniel keeps referring to i really like uh, the word that the uh, Greg and Lisa, I think her name was Popchak, uh, what they were saying uh, during their talk at the World Union Families, quoting John Paul II, the self-donative love, and mm-hmm. I had never heard that phrase before the meeting, but um, self-donative, like donating your entire self to another for another's good, mm-hmm. is the meaning behind it, and that is what Christ did there and that is what we are called to do is have this self-donative love for each other Mm -hmm. and for neighbor and for all 
Mm-hmm. And it's almost, I, I always think of uh, St. John the Baptist, his kind of famous prayer, he must increase, I must decrease. And it's, if you think of self-donative love or something, if um, you can only give love to one thing, it's either yourself or God. And so, like, looking at what St. John the Baptist says, he's saying, like, I must love I must be less attached to myself and more attached to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what our call is and our goal in life. And our priority. Mm-hmm. That our priority is not for us. Our priority is for God, mm-hmm. which it all comes down to our wills. And, like, my will is to do God's will, which is whatever he tells me it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually was thinking about this the last time I went to adoration, which Holly and I switch off weeks so that one of us can be home with Jack. Um, I was thinking about aligning, like what ways, in what ways am I not allowing God's will to take precedence in my life? Um, and I kind of came to the conclusion um, of not, it was like basically not loving Holly enough and fully in that like I was kind of satisfied with just doing a pretty good job of loving her and like doing all right. And like, you may disagree and said I did a great job, but the fact that I'm not fully emptying myself for you, because you're my spouse, my wife, I'm called to, to love you as Christ loved the church. And, you know, as we've been talking about, that's total completely in every single way. Um, so yeah, that was for me kind of, um, I guess a wake up call, we call it that, (laughs) that I need to really love fully and not, not do anything halfway. Mm -hmm. Um, and that in a family, that's the love you're called to give. And it's, and it's not a love you get recognition for or appreciation for. And it's, um, I always think, um, that the one, I feel like the one thing that would take the longest to like burn out of me in purgatory mm. is like knowing I was right, like getting to heaven oh, and being gosh. like, see, told you guys, oh, man. but you don't even get that. Cause no. you're just so happy they're there, <laughs> but just like letting go of that, like last little bit of holding on to myself, you know, does that make any sense that at all? That is so funny. I think that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> About me? Yeah. <laughs> no, but just even, yeah, like. Yeah, if I heard, you know, someone who's a big enemy of the church converted, I would I would be like a little like, oh, well, at least now they know they were wrong. But yeah. in heaven, you don't get that because well, you're just you're hurt. Yeah, you're just happy. So, like, I needed to reconsider what total self-gift was. Mm-hmm. And it's total. It's not most of the way. And I could be genuinely happy for someone. Like, oh, you're in heaven now. That's great. Remember how I was right in your <laughs> Like, I would still be happy for them, but I would still, like, hold on to that little bit of myself in that. Mm-hmm. But that's that's not what Jesus does. He doesn't. He lets it all go. Mm-hmm. Totally and fully in every way. And if you, um, like, the early church fathers and, um, like, St. Bonaventure, too, who's not, he's from later on, the 12th mm-hmm. or 13th century. Um, but they just look at every way that, like, everything Jesus did was so fitting and they, like, look at, like, oh, well, he was hung on a tree. And then, and then I think I'm on the podcast listen to the the cross is called the tree of life. And so mm-hmm. that's, like, undoing what 
the tree or it's imitating the tree of life in the garden of eden mm-hmm. that they were the adam and eve were um kept from eating the fruit of after yeah. they ate the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil um and that you know mary undid the knot done by eve because she's the new eve so there's like a lot of um emphasis on fittingness which uh-huh. is basically boils down to jesus did everything fully and completely and perfectly he did it's an, it's mind-boggling it is i was gonna say something i forgot it because that was mind-boggling and if you look at mary who's um our model of fidelity and openness to god she gave herself totally to god and i always think like look what this you know young girl was able to do because she gave herself fully to god like Mm -hmm. she's revered all around the world now just because she said yes to god yeah um yeah yeah i'm sorry i i really did have something to say and i completely forgot it's okay i have more to say keep going Um, you're on a roll well no i think i think i shared it with you archbishop chapu um gay at the synod of bishops gave an intervention which is like one of the speeches that the bishops make and his point was basically like let's stop talking like there is no hope Mm -hmm. um and if we really believe that that with God all things are possible, then let's start living that out. And right. let's not say this is impossible for normal people to do. Yes. Whenever you told me that story, or it's story, um, the tr- true happening of what Archbishop Chaput said, they were speaking on issues with the with the family and that mm-hmm. like, oh, well, people are just going to get divorced and remarried anyway, so we might as well do this. And it's like the exact same, it's like the retelling of the divorce passage in the gospel where they're like what does the law say about divorce and jesus is like moses only gave you that law because the hardness of your heart you don't get it this is the real truth and it's like we can't make these laws just for the hardness of our hearts we have to talk about the truth Mm -hmm. and the reality of that truth and the beauty and the that is the thing we have to talk about the beauty of that truth because that's what's not being communicated and that that is what is drawing people away Mm-hmm. And to like it is, it does seem daunting to say like, oh, when you get married, you have to give yourself totally and fully in every way to your spouse and your family, and yeah, for us on our own, that's impossible. But with Jesus, that's that's possible and that's promised to us mm-hmm. that like we will. And it doesn't mean we do everything perfectly, but we um, have the desire and the hope that we are able to do that. And we're not doing it alone. We're doing it with Christ with us, mm-hmm. working through us and. Purging us? Is that a verb? Sure. Like Purifying us? He's purifying us as we're living in our sacraments. Mm-hmm. And I think just thinking of it from a family perspective, those kind of things, they do get easier. Like if I'm um, kind of like grumbling to myself, like, oh, I've had to change all of Jack's diapers today. Like I really wish Holly would pitch in. Like if I just do it, and like stop complaining about it and just mm-hmm. say like I'm just gonna do this Holly it's difficult for Holly to change Jack because she's pregnant and he squirms all over the place I just need to do it and not worry if I'm getting recognition and not worry if Holly's like oh thank you so much for changing <laughs> oh wow thank but just, you Daniel yeah once you let go of that it's kind of gone like yeah you just it wasn't worth it. it in the first place right yeah and it and with time and repetition those it's like any kind of virtue. Like it just becomes second nature. Yeah. I kind of had a wake up call at the world meeting of families, which I might've mentioned already on the podcast. I can't remember, but that like 
some days, like, or my mission in life, I've always thought it's like to evangelize others and to, to have a relationship with others. And I get life a lot with conversing with friends and I hear God speaking to me through those relationships and I always have been like a very relational person. But there are a lot of days where it's just me and Jack. And I'm Jack is the only person I see that day, besides Daniel. But, <laughs> I don't matter. But it's you go bad. to work, you know. Yeah. But like while you're gone at work, the only person I see and talk to is Jack. Um so like I have to just like readjust my focus because like obviously God has not called me to have like all of these millions of friendships and stuff at the moment because I just it's just not possible in my lifestyle right now um he is calling me and has called me to be a great mother to to Jack and what that looks like and what that mission looks like is loving him fully and in this really so so self-donative love Mm -hmm. that we're talking about in that like I have to just get away from myself and from my expectations of how the day is going to go and from all of the things like I deserve 10 minutes of quiet I deserve this or I need I need this to make me sane you know like Mm -hmm. no I just have to like let those things go and like give it to Jack and to give myself fully to Jack and I had that kind of like wake up call like Jack is the person that you need to love right now and like he is who I'm calling you towards it's not I think I was getting caught up because I like want I wish that I had all these friendships and I wish that I was like Speaking with people my age who, like, I don't even care if they don't, if they're not Catholic or whatever. I just wanted to speak to more people my (laughs) own age. But, like, that's just not where I am. And so Jack is where I am, and Jack's where God's calling me to. And Mm -hmm. so I need to shape up and really, like, empty myself of all my selfishness and just give myself to him. And I think if you look at it from the other side, when you run relationships that have issues is when there's a refusal or denial of the need for self-giving love and when you look at um like what what the church says is wrong with sort of cohabitation or premarital sex or contraceptive sex what i always like to say living together before marriage instead of cohabitation because i feel like that's a fancy word do you know what the official like catholic phrase for um like a mixed faith marriage is what disparity of cult Oh, dear. <laughs> I know. Kind of a lot of, like, medieval phrases. Not the best around. phrases. So, but, but, but anyway, but the reason those things don't live up to the full ideal of marriage or, you know, a spousal relationship is that it's not fully giving. Mm-hmm. Like, you're saying, I want to enjoy your company and spend time with you, but I don't want to fully give my time to you. Mm-hmm. Or, I, you know, we want to... Um, I want to have sex with you, but not fully give myself to you and our future children, or I don't want to fully give myself to my children or possible children. And it's, I think that people kind of get hung up on that and we sound exclusive or discriminatory, but it's, it's sort of, um, a specificity rather than a discrimination. Like, no, this is spousal love and married love and, um, relationships are meant to be the ideal and they're Mm -hmm. meant to be self-emptying and self-giving and that's the only way that they kind of work and it's the only way you really find fulfillment like i think a lot of what we've been um talking about tonight seems like oh you have to do this terrible thing because jesus wants you to no it's it's not and it's really you find yourself becoming the person who you are meant to be and the person you're meant to love in yourself 
through emptying yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm like, mm, I won't say proud of myself, but I'm like satisfied with myself when I'm able to just give everything to you and Jack mm-hmm. and say, you know what, I'll just do it. And when I have that impulse to say, let me handle it, you, you know, whatever, go read for 15 minutes, I'll watch Jack. I am satisfied with myself and knowing that I am to the best of my abilities living the life that God wants me to live. It also is, it's, um, uh, I want to say it's less weighty, but it's not in, in some cases. But like what you were saying, if you just, if you didn't get caught up with the thoughts like, well, Holly hasn't done any of the diaper changes today or whatever. Like when you just didn't think about those things, you didn't miss them. And you, you felt freer because Mm -hmm. you weren't feeling this like resentment and vengefulness and all the anger that you were keeping (laughs) inside of yourself about me. Um, But that like freed you from things because God, we said this last time or last week, God, your truest self is your freest self. Mm -hmm. He wants you to be the person that he created you to be. And that's not a person who's tied down or, or following rules or like whatever. It wasn't last week. It was a while ago. Mm. Um, it's a, it's a person who is free and who is completely connected with the person who made them, who is God and who can love to the fullest extent, who can feel the joy of the fullest extent and who just has that capacity to to open themselves to others, even though that might feel sometimes that you could feel sorrow, you could feel despair, but you're still uh, like joy is still there Mm -hmm. and joy and not happiness. Right. And I think, yeah, that's um, something that might be, like, difficult to recognize is that, like, what is true joy and fulfillment? There was an article that I just read that was released by the Archdiocese of Washington. um, And it was called, like, God Wants Me to Be Happy. And then there's, like, a little subtitle. I can't remember the second part. But it's, like, God Wants Me to Be Happy. And it talks about how, like, that mentality of, like, well, God wants me to be happy. And so... Uh, this, this, and that makes me happy, so I must be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Or God says that this is wrong here, but this person in my life was making me really crazy, so I had to split off from them and completely mm-hmm. cut them out. And he wants me to be happy, so how could he say no to that? And, like, how flawed that view is and how uh, that just doesn't lead to any any good. Mm-hmm. And that um, he calls us higher and to align our will to his and we can't just like justify our own wills to like um to in like claiming that they make us happy or by claiming that they make us happy because mm-hmm. that happiness is very fleeting mm-hmm. that happiness might only last like a year or wherever or like uh, aligning your will to Christ's will and God's will is eternal happiness or eternal joy i think the, and i think that goes back to the to Jesus in Gethsemane, like he's saying, this is making me unhappy. Right. I'm going to be nailed to a cross yes. and die. That makes me unhappy, but I am doing your will, mm-hmm. speaking to the father. And the, the, the love that comes out of that act is so much more than any temporary relief. Jesus could have had like, exactly. Oh, give me another day. Let's not, what if- let's, let's, let me be, you know, shot in the head instead of crucified. Let mm-hmm. me be, let this be easier. Or let me just die a peaceful death. Mm-hmm. Like, no, he's doing the Father's will, and through that, the greatest love that humans could ever possibly experience is 
is um, the sort. I guess the the fountain of the greatest love possible to humans is established and open for eternity. Right, and in the like what you were saying earlier, that it's like the to the fullest extent. If he was just shot in the head or like stabbed, because you know it was a long time ago before guns, Daniel. <laughs> shot with an arrow. <laughs> oh right. Um, but if he was just like killed much more simply, he wouldn't be fulfilling all of the scriptures and he wouldn't be fulfilling this huge uh, saga that <laughs> God has been writing since the like dawn of time. Mm-hmm. You know, he's this is more than just a death. This is more than just uh, him giving himself up on the cross. It's this like fulfillment of all covenants and mm-hmm. this new covenant that is so beautiful and so giving and that we get to experience every day if we want. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, mind, it's just mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it can't be simple. It's got to be a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. And I think one last note on, on sort of self emptying is when you empty yourself, you allow God to um, fill you up and that, and God's goodness in and of itself is, is kind of self emptying and diffusive. So like when mm-hmm. you, you allow yourself to be filled up by God, that flows out from you into everyone around you. It bears fruit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bears fruit. Well, I really like um, the psalm from today's, or from today's readings, which was, pros- or like the, one of the stanzas, not stanzas, one of the verses said, mm-hmm. prosper the work of our hands, Lord, prosper mm-hmm. the work of our hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he does, he prospers what we, what we give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he takes that and bears fruit with it, just in the same way that in marriage, fruit is, is born. Born. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. But I think um, something I'm definitely going to be thinking of more from now on is sort of how self-emptying and, and imitating Christ's self-gift to us and what that, what that looks like in my everyday life, not just with my, with you and with Jack and in our family, but in our extended family and coworkers and friends and just trying to move beyond um, sharing, emptying myself for people who I don't necessarily love mm-hmm. so much, like you and Jack, who I love very, very much. Oh. Like, how am I going to do, how am I going to empty myself out for those other people who mm-hmm. annoy me, who don't love me back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can just look to, Christ in all of the ways that he gives himself mm-hmm. to us. Yeah. And where I got to at the end of my, uh, at the end of the holy hour that we were doing was that I need to uh, have the sacraments more often because it's, it's giving, it's like humbling myself to say like, I need, I need this way of receiving Christ to say like, I need to go to confession. I need to receive the Eucharist. I need to, you know, open myself to the sacrament and to, my marriage and mm-hmm. to the way that God is revealing himself to us through that. And, um, so the sacraments are there to, to let, like to force you to open yourself up to yeah. him. And he mm-hmm. gives himself again and again and again through again. them. He has yeah. instituted them so that he can just continually freely give himself to mm-hmm. us through them. Yeah. And the sacraments are either repeatable or ongoing. Exactly. Like people kind of think like you just check them off. One but no, you're, baptiz- you're still baptized today. That's grace is still working within you. Confirmation, holy orders, marriage, they all are still working within you. It's not mm-hmm. like a one-time deal. 
Which is so great. It is. It is very fortunate. (laughs) (laughs) But he just gives and gives and gives. And so we need to just give and give and give. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just let him do that giving for us by opening ourselves up. We did finger guns. You couldn't <laughs> see that. Uh, uh, but well, thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us. Yeah, it was great. It was. It's a little longer than normal. Yeah, well. It's only a couple we were, minutes long. We were talking. We were chit-chatting. Yeah, no biggie. But we would love to hear from you if you want to email us at podcast at mm-hmm. gmail.com. And for the people who have emailed us, we're pl- Holly and I were just saying we need like a response plan because we've been bad about it. I know. I'm really sorry. We have received them and read them. And we're very thankful for them. Mm-hmm. But you'll get a response this week. Soon. Oh, I was just going to say soon. <laughs> I need a Holly's deadline. Committed. I need a deadline. So this week you'll receive a response. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find us on Twitter at halfway underscore saints. And you can like us on Facebook or not. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. All right. It's time for bed. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. We're praying for you. Please pray for us. And we'll be back next week. Bye, guys. See you, everyone. Bye.